Welcome to the Michelob Ultra Golf Show with Jeff Kopak on 740 The Fan and 107.3 FM. That's better than most. How about him? That is better than most. Better than most. The Golf Show is presented to you by Michelob Ultra. Also brought to you in part by Fargo Park District Public Golf Courses, Barnesville Grocery, Moorhead Parks, Forest Hills Golf Course, and Wildflower Golf. Here it comes. Oh, my goodness. seen anything like that now let's head to the first tee this guy's pretty good and here's your host jeff kolpak yes this is the first tee this is jeff kolpak on 740 the fan 107.3 fm and 740thefan.com is a web address the show coming to you from gunderson jewelers studio in beautiful south fargo later in the show i'm going to end this show and i normally don't have a whole lot of viewpoints and opinions when it comes to the show, but I've had enough. I've, I've got something to say to the NDHSA on the spring boy season, and we'll just leave it at that. I think it needs to be moved, and uh, I think this spring is a testament to that. Uh, but first and foremost, the son of somebody who had opinions on the air every so often, Ed Schultz. Uh, <laughs> boy, that was uh, those were the days when um, uh, when Ed Schultz would would get a little. Uh, um, Get a little passionate on stuff. Dave Schultz joins the show. How are you? I'm doing well. Thanks for awesome. having me. Awesome. How are you these days? I'm great. I'm yeah. great. Uh, got a new gig at the yeah, uh, I see at, that. at my home. I grew up at the Fargo Country Club, and I started there as a head golf professional January 3rd, and it's been it's been beyond my wildest dreams. I absolutely mm-hmm. love it there. Let's start with that. That's a good good place to uh, kick this off. That why did you go full circle? What was it about it that was just so attractive to you? Besides the obvious of growing up there. Yeah, you know, it's just home. It's home. I, I, I've I've grown I've grown up there. I know a lot of the folks there. A lot of the older members and a lot of the newer members are, are classmates of mine in high school. And and uh, mm-hmm. it's a wonderful a wonderful place. Family oriented. Uh, the golf course is just a championship test. It's yep. beautiful. Uh, it's got all the club has all the amenities. And and for me and my family, uh, it's just a perfect fit. You know, I'm I'm running the golf operation there. I'm not running the entire operation. I'm running the golf operation. So. I get to focus on something that I love and, and be around people that I love at a place I love. So, I mean, what, what's not to love? <laughs> what's not to what's like? love? it. Love it, man. That's right. What were some of your early memories? You brought it up, early memories of, yeah. of playing out there. Well, we grew up uh, we grew up close to the golf course, uh, right out, right across from the ninth hole, and I learned the game uh, on the par three, the old par three before it was redesigned. Which is, by the way, the best way to do it. It is. It is. You know, I just get to – I went out there as a kid when I was – you know, right at right at sun up, and yeah. uh, just go around and around on the par three um, by myself many times, and just learning the game, learning the short game, feeling the hands, hitting a lot of putts, and and uh, just got addicted to the game. You know, it gets into your it gets into your veins, and I know a lot of people that are listening to this are addicted mm-hmm. to the game of golf, and and that's where it started for me. And and uh, yeah, so it is full circle. I've never asked you this, but did your dad? Being a college star quarterback and somebody who had some professional experience at the position. Was he like Dave? You got to play football, man. It's football, football. Oh yeah, yeah. absolutely. Yeah, we we grew up with Bison Sports. We yeah. used to travel on the road with uh, uh, 
the Bison basketball men's and women's teams, and then obviously the Bison football team. So we were around the the dynasty of the '80s. Yeah. And uh, you know, when I was coming through high school, I was playing high school quarterback, and I was kind of torn between football and golf. Uh, football was going to be at UND, and my they had a, a passing offense, and my dad happened to be doing the radio, uh, the, uh, the, uh, the Sioux games on the radio at the time, and and then I had an oppor- opportunity to play college golf at Colorado State, and it's actually a tough conversation. Describe I mean, that. Yeah. It was kind of a tough conversation. I mean, he he had that he held out hope that I would go out and, and play mm-hmm. football, and his what he told me is like, you're going to be in the best shape of your life for five years. Make so many memories and lifelong friends, and mm-hmm. that was that was a, that was a pretty good sell, you know. Yeah. And, and I actually remember calling my uh, golf coach at Colorado State in the last minute, saying, "Hey, I'm, I'm kind of thinking. I got good news and bad news. I'm not thinking about another school for golf." He goes, "Okay." I'm thinking about another sport. He goes, "What?" <laughs> you know. And <laughs> right. So it, it did come right down to the end, and um, but no, obviously I, I'm thrilled with the the. the Direction uh, mm-hmm. that my life has gone with golf, and and he was obviously fully supportive sure, when sure. that when that decision was made. Dave Schultz is the guest. This is Jeff Kopak on the Golf Show, is presented by Michelob Ultra. The decision. Did you have a meeting at the dining room table, or how did you relay the news to your mom and? and I just looked at my dad. I said, Dad, you know. I've I've kind of I've kind of got some things under my belt here with golf. I got I got to go golf. You know, my my goal is to play to play sports beyond the next five years. And you know, I'm I'm five ten. I'm not going to play quarterback in the NFL. You know, I know, I know you, he had a shot, and he, as he used to say, he had a, he had a cup of coffee in the league. Um, but I go. I, I think I really got a shot at this. If I if I I don't know how good you can get when you start playing year round Mm -hmm. when you only played four months a year through high school and so i said i really got to chase this and see see where it could go yeah i had bill monagal your your coach at tcu on uh two three weeks ago i heard it it was great yeah and he liked the fact that he could get northern kids who were multi-sport athletes Mm -hmm. and see what they could do when they would concentrate on one sport did you feel that way when you got to tcu i did you know we had a great team and we all had state champions on our team mm-hmm. uh california texas but then the other three were michigan north dakota and, and indiana so we had uh we had a mix of players and the thing about uh the thing about that is i've always said that a lot of kids who grow up in the south and they concentrate on just golf early uh, sometimes they get burned out by college. Mm-hmm. And the last thing they want to do, even though it was their dream at 15, by the time they get to 22, the last thing they want to do is give, give is give golf a shot professionally. So a great thing about growing up here, you'd be well-rounded. You go down and you, you sink your teeth into something during your college your college years, and you know maybe you get good enough to give it a shot. On that note, did you see vast improvements in your game when you got to play oh, in yeah. January, February? Oh, yeah, it was huge. It was it was huge. It was like a, it was a kid in a candy store. I'm like, <laughs> I can't believe I'm – I remember the first January playing golf. I, I can't. Believe I'm hitting chip shots in January. You know, I, I was never just pinching yourself. I man. was never exposed to golf year round, and and uh, now you know there's there's more opportunity for kids to play and a lot of competition year round. But uh, for me, then that was huge. Yeah, where did you make your biggest strides as, in golf? Was it at high school at South? Was it in college? Was it first couple of years trying to make it on a, on, a, on the tour? Freshman year, freshman year in college. Okay, Colorado uh, State. Yeah, I yeah. played in the junior amateur, and they had a speaker come in. Uh, and it was Jim Furyk, and I he mentioned something when he was speaking to the team, and I was in the middle of a decision what what to do for college, and he said 
that uh, no matter where you go, if you go, do go, if you do go play college golf, make sure you're going somewhere that you're going to play, mm-hmm. and you're actually going to be on the traveling team. And so I made that decision. I could have gone to TCU right out of school, but I wasn't. I wasn't sure if my game was there, so I ended up going to Colorado State. Yeah. And I, you know, I didn't leave there thinking I was going to be there one year, but it ended up where I, I that I really matured on on the golf course uh, my freshman year at Colorado State. Let's flip the script to Fargo Country Club. Yeah. You're an idea guy. He you did a lot of stuff in Maple River. What's what do you got going what's uh, what's going through your mind right now with uh, taking over the FCC there's some wonderful members there that are just golf crazy and they want to do things and they've got the ability to do things that uh, can make a difference um, you know I'm gonna pick on Nick Lackaduck he's one of those guys that he wants to he wants to fill his bucket and his bucket is being philanthropic and doing something bigger than himself and it's mm-hmm. I really I really hand it to him and so he and Josh Persons the same and, and Mark Johnson the former head pro at the Fargo Country Club and Boomer Newman Russ Newman's uh, the late Russ Newman's son they got together and they formed the uh, the Russ Newman Memorial Foundation yep. and then I was hired in, into uh, the Fargo Country Club role and and I started working with them on it so we're going to do a uh, a big event Friday, Saturday, May 27 and 28 fundraising for yeah. this. I'm glad you brought that up. I'm going to have those yeah. guys on in the next couple of weeks. Yeah, yeah. 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 And so that's spinning into the, the junior, uh, the Russ Newman Junior Invitational on June 12th. So uh, to answer your question, there's a lot of ideas, but right now it's it's just really cool to be part of an event that's an inaugural event that we're going to do every single year and we want to do it right. Anything more on the course rerouting question that, that the FCC has been talking about for years? Layman was in, giving his mm-hmm. advice. Mm-hmm. Anything more on that, or is it still in the talking phases? There's no rerouting planned right now. Okay. Uh, we are going through an irrigation project this oh, year. Oh, that's right. Okay. Yeah, so we've got uh, we have 50, 60-year-old irrigation. And all the golf courses in the area, most of them are going through the same thing. So we had that dry year that you need to get everybody motivated to do a project like <laughs> this, right. and it was last year. And and the grounds crew they did an unbelievable job hand watering pretty much every inch of that golf course last year, and it just became it just became you couldn't do it anymore. And so the membership got together and made a decision for the longevity of the golf course. And so we're going to go through an irrigation project. I can't imagine how comprehensive that is. It's big. I mean, yeah, I think it's something like twenty some odd miles of a wire oh, and a yeah. bunch of pipe. Yeah, and, and there's the group from Arizona is up here ready to go. They've been ready to go since April 11th, but it keeps raining. <laughs> <laughs> so there's a couple of holes, too, that they're going to be redoing. The 20th hole, which is an extra hole out there, obviously. They're mm-hmm. they're reshaping that, so it's going to be an actual hole that we can use um, if if the river does come up. So uh, there's some flood mitigation holes going to be underwear, but also the, uh, the irrigation project is going to be big. Membership is full. Membership is full. Yeah. Membership is full. 400 golfing members, almost 100 social members members got a little bit of a waiting list but uh, now it's on us to make sure all these all these folks are taken care of and enjoy their time out there what's your favorite hole my favorite hole it's a good question i think my favorite hole is number seven it's a beautiful par three uh it's their signature hole yeah and my my fondest memory on that hole was uh made a hole in one in the north dakota open and and i was my dad was uh an amateur partner with yeah. me in that group and let's just say it got pretty loud when that ball went <laughs> in and he had the he had the phone out and you know, he's a video guy he had the phone out he was screaming and yelling i'm like dad it's okay i mean we're in the middle of a golf tournament <laughs> it was a good shot but you know it, was yeah, there, moms and dads are supposed to embarrass you in a moment like that. Was there a bar expense associated with that? Because when I had my hole in one, if I get another one, if I'm lucky enough to get another one, I'm not saying a word because it cost me dearly at the Edgewood Tavern. Yeah, yeah. Well, it's supposed to, right? Yeah. We actually a rain delay shortly happened after that, so we actually snuck off to Peppers. Nice. <laughs> <laughs> nice. Dave Schultz is a guest. This is Jeff Kopak. This is the Golf Show on 740 The Fan. We're gonna take a break. More in our conversation with Dave right after this. Don't look at that brook with your sweet hook. You ain't gone in there. 
I put money on it, but honey, hold it. There's something in the air. Welcome back. We're continuing our conversation with Dave Schultz. This is Jeff Kopak on the Golf Show, as presented by Michelob Ultra from Gunderson Jeweler Studio here in South Fargo. You, you, you came from Maple River where things were happening, man. What were you most proud of there? Oh, by far, um, <clears throat> my teammates out there. Uh, yeah, yeah I, I hired some young kids early on to be managers in the bar and manager in the golf shop, and, and one now is working with uh, J.P. Morgan in, in Phoenix, and the other one is in law school at the University of Richmond. And the fact those guys came back to me and asked for a letter of recommendation, by far, is is the the lasting legacy. And that's the fun thing about being in the position. As the head golf pro at the Fargo Country Club, I've been sitting across the table from from kids who are sophomores and juniors in high school, and this is their first ever job that they're applying to. And I look at that as a big time responsibility on my part to make sure that this is a good experience for them. They learn how to work hard, they learn how to be proactive, and they're in a, they're in a position to to set themselves apart when they get through when they get through school and they're in the competitive professional environment. So that's by far my. Uh, my favorite part of, of leading leading teams, um, you know, it is nice to lay gar- <laughs> lay asphalt over gravel, though. <laughs> that was a lot of fun. Physical improvements are yeah, were, were, were very noticeable. Well, and I, I and I told I'd be honest with you, I told the guys uh, when we were out there in Maple River, I said we're gonna we're gonna we're gonna get more revenue and we're gonna make some improvements. I want to make sure that we make some improvements that are tangible, that are long lasting. Mm-hmm. That you know, this was part of our legacy here and our hard work. And uh, it's numbers on a ba- numbers on a balance sheet and a bank account are great, but let's do something that's going to last forever. What about the numbers as far as players? Because didn't that grow exponentially when? Yeah, when you know, time? and, and uh, it did. Um, golf has obviously gotten a lot, po- lot more popular here the yeah, last few years. Right, but yeah, we we got some. You know, just kind of the basics. Get some social media going and get people excited about coming out there. Create some new events. Uh, get aggressive and just just kind of just kind of go out there and try and get some excitement. A lot of it is just getting people excited about coming out and playing. It's it's the it's the knowledge of the event and then getting people excited about being part of it. I hope they continue the green jacket, the mape, the white, yeah, the white jacket, the white jacket, the, the mapesters, sorry. the mapesters. We we didn't copy everything, but almost. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Where'd you get that idea? Huh? <laughs> yeah, right. Uh, yeah, we. Used but to... fun stuff like that, I think, is crucial to golf. And, and yeah. some courses are different, but I think Maple River, you can play your tunes whatever yeah i don't know if that's the way it's fcc it's members members driven but um well i played a friend of mine plays at at fcc with some tunes so whatever yeah no golf is kind of changing it's getting younger um i mean the, the membership at the fcc is definitely turned over i mean we have bingo night once a month on tuesday night it's like a chuck e cheese in there i mean there's so many kids <laughs> and uh we got lisa schwinden now she's the director of instruction and she's got almost filled all of her her uh, instructional times with members. I mean, there's that many kids out there. Yeah. But, uh, no, there's there's golf is changing. I mean, it's a little bit more laid back, a um, little bit of music playing. You know, if, if it doesn't bother anybody, have some fun. You know, it's it's your place, and go enjoy it. Had Lisa on the show a couple of weeks ago. And to have a director of instruction, how does that separate your duties or make things more streamlined for you? It is. It's amazing. Uh, she's she's the director of instruction. You want instruction. You want group junior instruction, which uh, the members out there want. It's what they focus on. We get what we get like nine weeks of summer. Yeah. You know, they want to fill their their kids' summer with activities, and they want to get them exposed to golf. And she runs an unbelievable program. So. Uh, I don't know what I'd do without her. I mean, her, for her to come out there and bring her programs, it's w- the the way the signups went with her lessons here the last two months. It was an absolute necessity to have Lisa at the Fargo Country Club, and I'm I'm so excited to work with her and and uh, 
you know, I know she feels the same. It's going to be a lot of fun. And, and speaking of somebody, you're talking about the Russ Newman and youth golf and, and that event coming up at the end of the month. Yeah. That she's proven with youth golf. You're proven with youth golf. It's huge. Well, I, you know, I you need I, it. Yeah, no, you know, Chris Geis with the he's the executive director of Dakota Junior Golf Association. I'm not sure he sleeps. I mean, he's all over the place, hustling things up for junior golf. He wants to make North Dakota junior golf the best it possibly can be, and so it's really easy and fun to partner with a guy like that. Yeah, Chris Geis is uh, the brainchild behind Miss Golf and and Mister Golf for North Dakota, which will be the new awards this year. Really cool. And I've been honored. I'm, I'm on the committee to to help select Excellent. that. Excellent. So I'm really well. I hope we get playing here. I mean, yeah. so we have some, but it includes summer play. It's just not high school golf. So, yeah. you know, there's plenty of uh, data out there and, to look at. Yeah, and that event that we're hosting is uh, <clears throat> going to be the 12th of June this year. We want to expand it into a two day event going forward, but it's going to be the top 20 boys and girls in both Class A and Class B yep. state tournament. So, 80 total invites going out. And a little wrinkle that just actually just booked today uh, Ward Jarvis is his name. Mm hmm. He's a golf performance coach. He works with Brendan Todd on the PGA Tour. He started working with Brendan right before he won a couple times a few falls ago. And he just started working with Lucas Glover, and, and Lucas Glover recently won after he started working with him. And I worked with him last year, worked through some things I was working with on the golf course. But anyway, the point is, he's flying in from Nashville to speak to the kids the night before the event. Really? And that's our goal. We that's awesome. It. And kind of that back to what I was saying, the junior amateur, Jim, I took that from what Jim Furyk said. I'm thinking, man we got to have speakers for these kids, these juniors that are coming in, and make it a real special event, a, you know, a formal dinner-slash-discussion with somebody that they look up to and you know, a guy that was just at the Masters uh, working with his, his player. It'd be, it's going to be a fun deal. Dave Schultz is a guest. This is Jeff Kolpak on The Golf Show, as presented by Michelob Ultra. The hole-in-one show keeps trucking along. Yeah. Thank you, Jim Adelson. <laughs> Keep his memory alive, baby. It's How's so much gone? fun. I can't. I, I mean, it's so much fun. Um, Obviously, it's really special to have the sponsorship supporting the show, the title mm -hmm. sponsors and the advertisers. But you know, and we've raised money for charity, and that's the point of the show. But uh, you know, to be honest with you, I was thinking. I figured you'd ask me about this today, and I was yeah. thinking, you know, uh, what can I share that maybe you don't know? And and <laughs> I feel closer to my dad doing the show. You do, yeah. Almost in a way when. You just kind of black out, right? When you're on TV and you're speaking, you just kind of go through the motions, and mm -hmm. it's almost like I can hear them, mm -hmm. you know. Um, and so, you know, on a, on a personal level, it, doing the show is really special for me. That I just feel closer to my dad. I know I lost him a few. I've lost him a few years ago, but uh, it's pretty doggone cool. And then it's fun. I've got a five, three, and two year old at home now, and and they think it's pretty neat. How do you sleep? <laughs> <laughs> you talk about Chris Geis. Yeah, well, this time of year you don't sleep too much when you're trying to get a golf course open and get people onboarded. But no, it's life is good. I'm very, 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 very fortunate. Do you feel like keeping things fresh on the hole in one show has been easier, harder to do? Is that one of the cousin? When I cover Bison football, that's my number one obstacle. Really, is keeping things fresh, new story ideas. Yep. How, how do you attract? How do you attack that? Well, we just finished. Uh, we've done th three years. We've done it for three years, and we've added something every year to the show. Uh, the second year was the Thurlton Ethanol Pro Shots, and so we get the pros. Mm -hmm. The pros have to hit a couple shots for charity. <clears throat> and then this past year, we did a club, country club challenge, and we pitted Moorhead Country Club versus Fargo Country Club. Obviously, all in fun and for charity. Uh, and then we added a junior show the second season. So, no, there's no doubt about it. Uh, you got to keep things fresh. And I didn't. I, 
you know, I'm really excited to share that Shields and Bell Bank have signed on to be title sponsors of the show for season four and season five. So, to be able to partner with two companies like that, with marketing departments that they have, um, I'm, I'm all ears for ways to keep the show fresh, and I can't wait to keep growing it. It's one thing to do season one or even season two, but now when you're mushrooming, mushrooming into multiple years on the show, it tells me it's working. Well, I hope so. And I think people enjoy it. Uh, anecdotally, I get good comments that they enjoy the show. And um, so that's great. You know, it's uh, it's an interesting production day. We shoot all the episodes in one day, so I definitely sleep good that night. But uh, <laughs> it's so much fun. Like I said, there's there's a lot of special things about the show that kind of pull up my heart. And really, everybody has a story. I mean, I know they're yeah. all hitting a shot, but everybody has a story. Yeah. And, and the, you and the brought cool, that out. And the cool thing is, is okay, what charity are you playing for and why? Mm-hmm. How much do you play golf? Where do you work? And, you know, it's trying, you know, you just, and I, I don't, I don't go into it with each of them. I want it to be natural and ad lib and see what kind of organically happens throughout the interview. And you can tell the member, the, the players who are super nervous, like, just don't talk to me. Let me hit my yeah. shots. I can't believe I'm doing this. And then those that really want to take a moment to say, you know, I, I'm playing for the hospice of the Red River Valley because they did this for, this yeah. for my family. And so, um, you know, it, it, it hits a lot of different angles. How close does somebody come? What's the closest? Uh, two inches. Two inches. Oh, uh, boy. Zach Schnitzler, first year, almost made it. Yeah. Almost made it. And there might still be one here this year. So I know. I, keep, come on. Yeah. We're in the middle a of season tease, three. Little tease. Little tease. Middle of season three. So stay tuned. Well, uh, I think, yeah. It's a ton of fun. There's no doubt. And I appreciate everybody out there who watches the show. Thank you very much. Sunday nights, April and May, 1035, the whole in one show. It's. I really appreciate you tuning in. And maybe it happened, but... If you tape the show in the fall, you yes. have to obviously. Yes. If somebody made one, yeah. How in the Dickens do you keep it quiet? <laughs> I don't make. Yeah, I don't. I don't make anybody sign a uh, yeah. no disclosure. I mean, if somebody makes a hole in one, you know, it's almost better that the word gets out. You know, I don't. Right. It's fine. You know, yeah. it's. I think. Just don't uh, say when. Yeah. Yeah. And, and that's that's. A, I think that's the cool thing about the show is there's more than just the whole. It's called the hole in one show, but there's more like kind of angles mm-hmm. in the show than just that. But uh, no, if somebody if. When somebody makes a one, or maybe if somebody made a hole in one, no, if, if somebody makes a hole in one and the word gets out, that's totally fine with me. Dave Schultz is the guest. It's Jeff Kopak. We're going to take a break. More in our conversation with Dave. Stay tuned. Backspin. Yeah, you know what I'm talking about. Final segment with Dave Schultz. This is Jeff Kopak on the Golf Show. 107.3 FM. Do you like that? Those are some hot beats. <laughs> it is. I don't know who does that, but um, I got that many years ago, and I hope I don't have to pay royalties on it. I like I'd be, <laughs> that'd be the end of me. Oh. Show. <laughs> so, I get it. Let's keep that. Let's keep that. Let's just keep that between you and all the listeners and the fifth largest AM signal in the country out there that goes from Canada to South Dakota to... Uh, dang near Montana and, and a good chunk of Minnesota. Huge signal yeah, huge. on 740, the fan. I never asked you about this, but have you done everything you could do? And I think you have with your pro golf. You gave it one last shot. Yeah. Where are you at with that mindset? At peace, for sure. At peace, yeah. No, I gave it a, gave it a good shot for many years. Um, don't regret one second of it. Mm-hmm. I mean, you get one chance at this life. And uh, it was my passion. I'd love to do it. There's nothing, nothing, nothing other than getting married and having kids, there's no better rush than uh, being in contention in a professional golf event. It is just just so much fun. It is so much fun. Um, and I, it was a great, it was a great uh, chapter of my life, and I'm, I'm glad that we did it last year and gave it a shot. And uh, 
I'm happy to, to move on. What do you think would have had to happen differently for you to still be doing that right now? What well, is there part of your game that said, I just couldn't achieve this part of the game or else it might have been different? Yeah, just overall, just, just wasn't overall quite, yeah, overall right. just wasn't quite good enough. I mean, it was, I had some good spurts last last year. Uh, you know, I feel like I should have won the North Dakota Open, quite frankly. I kind of let it go on the back nine, but uh, finished well there and got my game to a point where I felt like I was ready going into Q school and it just didn't didn't play well Q school and it's golf, man. It's professional golf is hard. Mm-hmm. Golf golf in general is hard and and I can look back on the career uh, in golf and be you know, happy with and and proud of the at least the work I put in and some of the successes I had and and uh, life lessons and being able to travel the world and and uh, you know I, I I'm very very happy with how everything panned out. I mean, it's uh, I'm very lucky. I'm married with three little kids and and I got I'm working at the Fargo Country Club. I, I couldn't be happier. They play golf yet? At the Fargo Palmer. Oh, oh yeah. Our yeah. oldest, our oldest yeah. is swinging. So we just do imaginary golf clubs in the house. And I go, okay, line up. And then so they line up with their hands together, and they kind of look like they're looking down the fairway. I look at your target. Look at your target. And then they take a swing, and then they make a noise with their mouth. They go, no way. <laughs> yeah, it's so it's so cool. It's so much fun. And so whenever they see the show on, if we're playing it the next morning. When you're talking about being in contention, there's nothing more fun than being in contention of a tournament yeah. down the stretch. Is it a adrenaline fun is it a fun fun i mean it's not like having a couple cocktails with buddies what what is so fun about that because a lot of people say that's nerve-wracking man yeah no the fun part is being comfortable in that moment the fun part is being completely in control of your body and your golf ball in a moment where everything should is is elevated and that's where you know that the work you've put in um your mental focus and you're just really in the zone it's it's uh it's tough to explain beyond you're just you just calm and your ease in, in, in the moment where it means the most. That is, gosh, that's such a fun feeling. I was talking to one of Tom Hoagie's friends who he was watching, I think, the practice round with the Masters. And he said Tom just almost just walked right by him, didn't even notice him. But that's the focus those guys have. Yeah, no doubt. They don't see you. Yeah, no doubt. No, especially when you're inside the ropes, you're in the box. You're in your box and you are, uh, you're, executing, uh, you're executing your shots and... And yeah, no, he's and that's a practice round. It, well, yeah, yeah. he got he had a lot to learn. I mean, that's, uh, the Augusta. There's a lot of different things to to try and take in in just a couple of rounds. Have you played Augusta? No, I haven't. I've never been there. I, I would have loved to have gone this year. It just it just didn't pan out. Yeah. But uh, man, it was really cool to see him see him play in the Masters. Why do you think your fellow Fargo South graduate Tom is uh, has risen his game to the top level? He's taken it to another gear, man. He has. Well, he's a veteran out there. He's been out there eight years, and so he's seen all the golf courses many times. He knows how to travel. Uh, he knows where he plays well. He knows where he doesn't. Uh, he's a veteran. He's a veteran. He's not. He's nothing is new to him now in the PGA mm-hmm. Tour. Um, obviously, some financial security is nice. I mean, you've 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 gotten to a point in your career where you're going to be good no matter no matter what. And the last the last step was getting that win. Um, prior to that, just his dedication. You know, he was always all in on golf. Um, he always stayed focused on what he was doing, and I give him a heck of a lot of credit for that. And he deserves every every single bit of uh, accolades and, and wins that he deserves. I think he's taking physical condition too. He hasn't. He has a trainer. I didn't know that. And oh, he's he, in shape. Yeah, he's, he he's, hired a trainer. Yeah, he's a big guy. He's a big guy. I caddied for him last year in in Tampa. <clears throat> I was down there trying to Monday qualify, and and uh, yeah, no, he's he's you have to be. It's it's grueling. Mm-hmm. But, I mean, you're walking a marathon every week, and then. It's more of an athlete. I mean, it's an athletic move at that level. Yeah, there's no well, doubt. Well, walking Augusta is is ath- you have to be athletic to do that because of the, uh, the undulation. Right. So, right. No, I mean it's uh, 
He's a, he's a finely tuned athlete. He's a, he's a PGA Tour star. There's no doubt about it. You alluded to this a couple minutes ago about the mental side of golf. You have taught the mental side of golf, correct? Yeah. You, that's one of the things. You, you'll take players out. You've yeah. done that. And, and show them what? what do you, how do you do that? Percentages. I like to just play, play the golf course. And, and what are you thinking on this shot? What's the situation? You know, we're in trouble. What are we going to do to get out of trouble? What are we going to do to limit our damage? Okay, you got a par three, pins tucked on the right. What are we going to do on this par three? We're going to do all we can to hit the center of the green, almost every single par three and putt to the edges, you know, and just different situations on the golf course. And obviously for every golfer, it's a little bit different based on their skill level. Um, and when you have really good players like the best and Tom Hoagie, mm-hmm. it's one of those things where I'm caddying for him and we've got a back left pin with a pitching wedge from 130 yards long left is absolutely dead and uh we kind of want to keep it right of the hole 12 feet and get yourself a birdie putt par is your worst score but he's trying to you know he that's what he does he tries to make shots from the fairway and so you know when you're working with players you want to work to their abilities but also kind of explain the percentages as you're going around the golf course one thing with tournament players who are amateurs who are coming up through the ranks is and i wish i would have had somebody tell me this you can make a bogey and double bogey. You're just fine. There's so many golf holes. You just got to calm down and keep playing one shot at a time. It's a cliche, but you know you can have a bad hole and not be completely out of a golf tournament. Coach Monaghan at TCU has used to say, you never know when you're in a tournament. You never know when you're out of a tournament. You just keep your head down and keep going and keep a good attitude. Are you telling me about the center of the green theory, that for most amateurs, they get out in the fairway and they take their, their, uh, their glass or what do you call those... Um, uh, I haven't even played yet. The the scope. They yeah. take their scope and they hone in on the pin. What's the point? Go right to the middle of the green. <laughs> yeah. Right. Play aggressive to conservative targets. I like to say. Play aggressive to conservative targets. And you know, if if uh, you know a twenty five foot or a 30, 35 foot putt may look like a bad shot to somebody else watching you play, but it might be exactly where you tried to hit the ball. Right. Mm-hmm. And uh, you know what? One of those twenty five thirty footers is going to drop. And now you just played that hole a little bit conservatively, but you're walking off with a birdie still, and you were never going to walk off with a bogey. So, and and it's uh, it's looking at a golf course, all 18 holes. Okay, where where are these difficult holes that I want to get through with par? Where are my opportunities where maybe a par five I can push it and reach it in two? So, you know, every course demands uh, different course management, and that's uh, that's a fun part of the game to coach, few especially mo- from the playing, looking at it from the pro level. Right. A few moments left with Dave Schultz. This is Jeff Kopak on the golf show. What is the biggest mistake double-digit handicappers make, in your opinion? The biggest mistake double-digit handicappers make, I think they shy away from clubs they don't like. Mm-hmm. They shy away from hitting the club that, that the shot calls for. And you're not going to get better that way. You're going you're gonna to remain a really high handicapper. I think you have to attack your weaknesses okay. in anything. Mm-hmm. You know, Go to the range and attack your weakness. Don't go to the range and, okay, I hit my 7-iron good. I'm going to hit my 7-iron for half an hour and feel good about myself. No, go to the range and hit your 3-wood off the ground Is that if that's what's difficult. Go ahead and attack your weaknesses. And, and you, if you want to get better with anything, but definitely with golf, you got to work at it. You know, And don't be afraid of something that, isn't, that, isn't, that, that doesn't come easy to you. I'm raising my hand, three wood off the deck. <laughs> it's tough for everybody. I got to work on it. <laughs> it's but easy. it's true. Yep. It's true. A mid-range bunker shot from about 70 yards or a three wood off the deck are the two toughest shots. Yeah. And don't be afraid of the bunker, too. Because the biggest mistake I see in bunkers is people don't take a full swing. 
Just yeah, they, st- they stop at the they, ball, right? Yeah, it's, right. A, it's a full swing. And, uh, you know, I like to coach people on how to use the bounce of the club. You know, it's, it's, it's not a knife. There's a bounce for a reason. And, mm-hmm. and explaining the angle and how you should sweep underneath the golf ball and have a, you know, take a full swing. I mean, you can get good out of the bunker so much so you start aiming for it as a miss. You know, a lot of the guys. Well, the pros, I mean, they're they're amazing out of the bunker. Sometimes the bunkers are not a bad spot to more than more than some of that rough, no doubt. Yep, especially like a U.S. Open, right? You can control the ball a lot better than you know. You're getting a lot more groove on the on the golf ball. Do you enjoy watching pro golf? Uh, do, you get a, do you get a chance to, to even watch much? It's kind of on, yeah, on I mean, and off. Yeah, yeah. The, obviously, the big events. Uh, you know, if Tom or Amy are in, in contention, I watch for sure. Mm-hmm. Or if a you know if a friend of mine's out there playing that that's close, <clears throat> I like to watch. But you know, the big events, the majors for sure. I mean, the Masters is the one event of the year for me that I'm glued to. Yeah, Amy's got off to a little bit of a slow start for her, but they haven't played much because of uh, the pandemic still lingering in Asia. That part of the tour was was eliminated for most players and so i think she's only played in like four events and here we are you know in may yeah should be should be all right yeah. with the golf course open i'll hopefully see her out out there a bunch and and grinding away and um I'm no, no worries on amy what do you like about her game well, she's an athlete too. I mean, Tom and Amy are both athletes, and they're they're not technical. Uh, you know, they're they're at, they they go out there and they play the game athletically, and that's mm-hmm. what I, that's what I like. And uh, you know, they're both two of the most dedicated people I've ever been around on a golf course. Yeah, yeah. It's just their their heart and souls into it, and you, you got to commend them for that. Yeah, John Dahl sent me a video of Tom after he won at Pebble Beach, and he said this is a drill he does, which is from I don't know ten to twelve feet. There's like a a little bit degree left or right, and then a little bit break right to left. He does each for about a half hour. He does. Yep. That's a long time. Because most of time. us go on the putting green, right? We'll zip over there and we'll, we'll maybe throw like 10 putts into a, in, into the practice putting green and then go to the first tee. You know, I'm glad you brought that up because he's the best iron player on tour, right? Or one of the, he's, he's an amazing Ball iron striker, player, right? Yeah. And what did I just, I just mentioned? You have to attack. Attack your weaknesses. Right. And so he puts the work in. He puts the work in. And then what happens is when you put the work in, you drain one on 17 at Pebble Beach to take the lead by two going to the last hole. I yeah. mean, that's in, right in the middle, too. With right. Perfect speed, you know, and you, you got to put the work in and attack what may be perceived as a weakness, and it may be only perceived as a weakness for him because his iron play is so good. Yep. Yeah, he's kind of competing against himself and his other parts of his game, but attack those weaknesses. And uh, when I caddied for him, we're, we spent a lot of time on that putting green. You did, okay. Oh yeah, yeah. Yep. And doing that exact drill, it was it was lining up between the tees and between the tees, right next to the ball, halfway there, and then having a having a target next to the hole. Um, I challenge anybody out there to do it for a half hour. Just go to the putt. I mean, you never see that unless you're really, really a good play, right? My, uh, most of us are going to need a long putter to be able to do that. It hurts your back, <laughs> <laughs> you know, standing out there for that long and tilted over trying to make putts. Uh, before I let you go, Dave, uh, what what's in store for the country club this summer? What do you got going? Well, you know, it, it's from the golf course side we're going to get through this irrigation project and mm-hmm. and we're going to have uh, our member guest tournament in the fall and then we're going to host the Bobcat North Dakota Open again in in uh in August that's good yeah, yeah. it's great and uh just just going to look to have a good year i mean there's three things going on for us we got the got the project we've got a late start and we've got unbelievable pent up demand mm-hmm. right and and so we're going to have we're going to be so many people are going to be on that golf course enjoying it and we can't wait to have them out Thank you, sir. Thank you. Thanks for having it's me on. A pleasure. That's Dave Schultz. This is Jeff Kopak. We're going to take a break. When we come back, in the spirit of Ed Schultz, I got a couple things to say. We'll be <laughs> back right after this. Drop them in the sand trap, spray them left and right and long. 
Welcome back. This is Golf Show. Thanks again for Dave for joining us on the first bulk of the show. I don't do this very often, but it's time for a little commentary. And in the spirit of Ed Schultz, it's time to, uh, to, to give a little opinion of the state of spring golf for the boys in North Dakota. It was several years ago when I covered a North Dakota State high school golf meet at Dakota Winds Golf Course down near the Dakota Magic Casino in Hankinson. And that day, I'll never forget it, the winds were part of the course, as the name implies. It was windy. It was cold. God, it was cold. The players had stocking caps, multi-layers, and did all they could to stay warm on the tee boxes and before shots. It was not fun to watch. And to cover it certainly wasn't fun. And it certainly could have been fun to play. And that was probably in late May. Over the years, you, the listeners, how many times have you seen high school golf highlights on TV and seen a similar situation? There's no need to give players polo shirts anymore because you don't wear T-shirts or short sleeve shirts on the course. It's all about the layering, the layers, and the and the technology of of clothing to play golf in this part of the country the spring in north dakota it's just it's just generally not nice i know it's hard to admit because the winters are here and you you're looking forward to getting the getting the clubs out and there are days when it is pretty good last march a year ago in march was really nice my friend and a contributor to the show a couple weeks ago daryl richardson a meteorologist put out a tweet in mid-April. He said, anyone that has been in North Dakota for the past couple of decades won't be surprised, but as a testament to how bad the month of April has been lately, these Aprils were even colder than this past month in the first 17 days. And those Aprils he alluded to were 2018, 2013, 1997, 2007, and yes, of course, 2020. We forget about how it was. So here's the deal. And this statement needs to be directed not at you, the listeners, but at the North Dakota High School Activities Association, the governing body of high school sports in Valley City. Boys, golf season needs to be moved to July and August. It's that simple. I know, gasp, high school sports in the summer. But in this case, we need to do it. This has been enough. The girls play most of their tournaments in August, their season's in the fall. And rare is a case where weather is the factor. I mean, August, really, it's one of the best months to play anything here in the Northland. My friend and one of the greatest players the state has ever produced, Mike Podolak, when he was the head girls golf coach at Kindred, brought this idea to me, and, I, and, and, it's, and it's true. So this is nothing new. This is not my brainchild. It may not be Mike's brainchild. It's probably maybe a general consensus out there. But why do we continue to tempt Mother Nature in March and April? So for the boys, here's what we do. I'm not just going to put it out. I'm, I'm going to tell you what we're going to do. The girls' season this year in 2022 in North Dakota starts August 8th. Well, that's well before school starts anyway. So why the issue of moving it back You know, a couple more weeks, three weeks, mid-July? Why not? North Dakota High School can fit more tournaments in six weeks in July and August than it ever probably could in the spring with the boys. Did anybody play in April? 
I don't know of, but any, I mean, did any high school boys get out and practice in April? I know North Dakota State didn't. They were down in the Summit League tournament a week ago, and they had yet to practice outside in their own backyard. Have the state tournament at the end of August. I'm talking about the boys. And that would learn, I think that would alleviate another concern of moving the boys to late summer. There's still plenty of time for those multi-sport athletes to play football and soccer. On that note, I mean, is there even a lot of crossover of athletes between golf and football or golf and, and boys soccer? But certainly it would be doable. I look at Jake Deutsch last year or this year as a senior at Central Cass. He wrestled and played basketball seasons that went side by side. They made it work. He made it work. His coaches made it work. State of Michigan made a plea to uh, with the state tournament and boys golf and moving its season and fell on deaf ears and went to the court system. And for other reasons than common sense, uh, was struck down. Maybe there's an issue there in North Dakota. I don't know. But I think we need to give it a shot. Here's how idiotic it's become. Golf Digest put out a article on... Three ways to play your best golf in bad weather and directed at high school kids. Mind over matter. Okay, that's great. Absolutely. Dressing for conditions. Oh, there's another good one. Right above that was a golf photo from Saskatchewan, some high school kids playing in snow. I mean, these aren't breaking news things. Deal with bad weather. I know, mind over matter. Be tough. We're North Dakotans. Come on. We can do it. That, to me, is not good enough. It's just not. By moving the boys to late summer, you know what? You're getting the players when they're playing their best. Is that so bad? Do you think they're playing great right now, going over to sweet shots and hitting some shots, not having been on the course? Is that conducive to really developing your program, if you're a boys program, when you can't even get outside? If you move the state tournament to August and the boys, they will have had May, June, and July to hone their games. Won't the state meet be that much better when you have the better players playing their best? Where they're concerned about birdies rather than what stocking cap they're going to wear? Well, it affects summer baseball. I've heard that concern. Yeah, maybe in a few instances, but golf meets can be held in the morning, and they should be held in the morning. Baseball is generally in the afternoon and evening. I think minds can put that to work and make it work. And even that case, the State Legion Baseball Tournament is usually, what, the third week in July? Something like that. I don't see a lot of conflict there. Kids work out all summer in the mornings anyway at different sports, football camps, and go to baseball. Why not have a golf season? Move high school boys golf in North Dakota to July and August. Don't do it for administrators. Don't do it for the coaches. Don't do it for golf show hosts. (laughs) Do it for the players. They deserve better. This is Jeff Kopak. Thanks again for Dave Schultz for joining the show. Until next week, hit him straight. Thanks for listening to The Golf Show with Jeff Kolpak on 740 The Fan and 107.3 FM.
Expect anything different? Presented to you by Michelob Ultra. Also brought to you by Fargo Park District Public Golf Courses, Barnesville Grocery, Moorhead Parks, Forest Hills Golf Course, and Wildflower Golf. Tune in next Saturday from 10 to 11 a.m. for another edition of the Michelob Ultra Golf Show with Jeff Kolpak on The Fan.